a tenant, VCAT is probably your first experience of a court process. And it's pretty scary for those new to the property industry. It's you against property managers with experience. It's you unsure if you will ever see your money again. It's you feeling awfully alone. Today, we are going to give you the heads up of what the VCAT process is all about and how you can go to VCAT with confidence. You're listening to Real Estate Right. Top experts talk about how to buy, sell, rent and invest right. Your host is Sue Langda. Real Estate Right gives you all the answers when it comes to preparing yourself for your Melbourne real estate journey. As a podcast, it's a bank of valuable information that ensures that you stay on the top of your game each and every time you need to speak to agents, conveyances, mortgage brokers, property advocates, and even all the ancillary people who work in the industry. Whatever you need, Real Estate Right is your friend indeed. Sophie Lyon, Director of Jealous Craig Borandara and one of the directors of the REIV, is our fabulous property management expert, giving us everything we need to know about property management with a smile, black and white language, and the comfort of knowing we are getting the right advice. An expert in her field, regularly being asked to be a guest speaker in property management in Australia, in the United States, and in New Zealand, the loveliest person in real estate. Welcome, Sophie. Happy New Year. How are you today? Happy New Year to you. So I'm really well. Sun shining. How can you not be good on a day like today? Ah, uh, yeah, it's perfect. Anyway, <laughs> now today we're talking about the VCAP process, um, and it's quite an onerous one. So the point of this podcast is to give our listeners a better understanding of the process so they know what to expect. So Sophie, what happens if my rental provider wants to keep some of my bond or even worse, ask for more money than my bond and I don't agree? Okay, well... The first thing that should try and happen is they should try to resolve the situation without making an application to BCAT. So there should be some discussion, negotiation, et cetera, et cetera. If that's not possible, um, then the the next step, obviously, is to make the application to BCAT to get the VCAT member, being an independent party, to adjudicate between the two and to make a decision that both parties are bound to, um, regardless of whether they agree with it or like it or not. Um, so the, the application... Can I just yeah. interrupt there for a second? Yeah. Could, could you as a tenant go to a, like, Tenants Victoria or something like that mm-hmm. to get a little bit of advice before you even touch the VCAP process? Absolutely. The Tenants Union um, will, uh, will give you some advice. They're, they can be a little bit difficult to get to, like everybody at the moment. They're short-staffed. Um, yeah. But... Absolutely, they can offer support and guidance and information. Um, the other thing, if um, if the amount was a huge amount or the tenant was um, was not confident or not competent 
to be able to defend themselves at BCAT, um, there is uh, there is legal support that's available as well. Um, yeah. And that, I believe, goes for, you know, independent landlords as well um, who don't mm-hmm. have an agent representing them. If they were in a position where they weren't quite sure how to proceed, um, they could certainly seek out some um, some legal support as well. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, um, because, yeah, like, you know, if I my bond was like $2,000 and my landlord said, look, you know, I need to replace the carpet. I need, to, you know, and that's going to cost four grand. Mm-hmm. Can they ask for that extra two grand or not? They can. So it's basically it's an additional part of the process. So there's two yeah. ways that you can apply to VCAT. Um, the really critical thing, though, is the application has to be made within 10 business days of the tenant vacating the property. So the day okay. that you return the keys, those 10 days start counting down. Um, yeah. So that's that's a critical thing. Um but the, the other critical part of the application to VCAT is that um, VCAT, uh, the bond and the tenancy, is not a new for old situation. So if you yes. have um, moved into a property and the carpet was brand new when you moved in and you were there yeah. for 12 months and at the end of 12 months there's stains on the carpet, you know, your dog's ripped it apart, whatever it might be, then the mm-hmm. owner can pretty much come back and say that they need brand new carpet because the carpet was brand new when you moved in. But if you moved into a property and the carpet was five years old and you were there for 12 months or two years, um, then the carpet has to be depreciated by 10% per year. So it would end up being you would be responsible for 30% of the replacement cost, not 100% of the replacement cost. Okay. So, yes, it, it, it sort of becomes fair that way. Exactly. And there's lifespans on things um, under the, the ATO. So the ATO have um, the, the lifespans of all of the, um, the items for tax purposes. Yes. And that's what VCAT rely on as well, because they look at it and say, okay, well, carpet normally has a, has a 10 to 15 year lifespan, depending on the quality of the carpet. Yes. Um, so that's where you start working backwards with the depreciation as well. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there is an application process. So there's two applications that um, that an agent or an owner would do. Uh, one would either be for the full amount of the bond, um, which is just under one section, or you can claim compensation, which is the bond plus an additional amount because the bond wasn't enough to cover the total cost of the loss of the owner. Yeah, and that all depends on that landlord slash rental provider. How mean they're going to well, be. they have to exactly yeah. so it's the information that is provided, um, and it is the um, the view of the owner in a lot of cases, mm. um, and so that's where um, VCAT can be handy to um, to actually be an independent assessment um, and say, okay, yes, this is reasonable. No, that's not reasonable. I'm going to award this amount, um, and then all parties are that um, they're all held to that. Really, mm. yeah. So good. Now, assuming in that scenario we're going to VCAT, can you take us through that VCAT process? So we're both, you know, landlord and myself have rocked up. You've got, you're on the landlord side because, you know, that's who you're working for. Um, Mm -hmm. Okay, so we're lodging the application. How long will it take for my case to be heard? How long is a piece of stress? Um, so right at the moment, I can tell you that we have got VCAT hearings. Um, there's one that I came across yesterday, which was lodged in July of 2020. Ooh. And, it's and we have not got a hearing. 
I am personally aware of one that was in May, sorry, March of 2021. Yeah. And we do not have a hearing yet. So they were both bond claims. Yes. So bond claims are the ones right at the moment that VCAT seem to be putting on the very low priority list. Okay. Um, What they are prioritising is things like urgent repairs or um, domestic violence situations, which you can understand why. So they're the ones that are at the top of the list. Um, Next rung down from that um, is, you know, arrears or uh, possession or any of those things that are a little bit more time sensitive. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the ones that are at the bottom of the list are the the bond ones because in in VCAT's view they're not time sensitive. Um, And if anything, I I personally feel like they're, they're delaying those hearings because they actually want the parties to go, oh, for God's sake, we're not getting into VCAT anytime soon, surely we can negotiate this one. So yeah. then that sort of reduces down the number of, of cases that are sitting there waiting to be heard because everyone yeah. goes, oh, for God's sake, let's, you know, you want, you want $87 out of my bond. It was a massive issue for me at the beginning. Yeah. But now I'm sitting here without two and a half thousand dollars because we're arguing over 87 yeah and and that's exactly what happens we have yeah. to hold 100 percent of the bond and that's probably something that's important for the listeners to understand as well yeah we have to hold 100 percent of the bond wow. so if we're arguing over a couple of hundred dollars yeah the bond in in its entirety stays at the rtba until such time as we get a hearing at vcat so yeah. that's that's a massive impact to me. I feel like that's a massive impact to the tenants because yes. that money is just sitting there. It's not working for you and it's not being able to be applied to another bond. Mm. Um, so I don't know, sometimes it's, it's a, it can be a bit of a business decision that you just sort of look at it and go, all right, well, on principle, yes, I you know, think yes, this is really unfair model. on principle, <laughs> but it also means that there's, you know, Two, four, six, ten thousand dollars eighteen months sitting around not doing anything um, for a matter of, of principle. So you know you could be almost making that in interest or something in the bank, couldn't you? Almost, almost interest. Yeah, paying off a couple of you know a couple of mortgage payments, a few rent payments, a holiday. Who yeah. knows? You know, it's it's money that's just it's it's dead money while it's sitting there, and that's probably I find that yeah. frustrating. So yeah, so that's probably the best advice understand that if you're going to squabble over a couple of hundred bucks yes just negotiate and say okay take you 200 bucks yep. i'll have and my 10 grand back thank you negotiation is always so they okay so the owner wants 200 dollars you can go back and say okay i'll give you 125 or i'll give you 150 or i'll split it down the middle with you i'll give you 100 um and then you get to move on yeah. that's, the, that's the other thing i'm a big one for you know yeah. just Let's all just move on and we don't have to sit here and have this little thorn in our side for for ages and, yeah, it's easier. Completely understand. Now, how can I prove that we did the right thing after we left the property? Um, I would say that... um, what, what you need is evidence. So yeah. um, this is this is an area where um, the condition report becomes really, really important. And a lot of people are, I mean, I see it all the time, that uh, people are a bit dismissive of the condition report, like they'll get it, they'll well, read it, and, you know, they won't send it back or um, they'll just sign it and send it back to us so we've got it on file. Um, and it's not like, well, have you, did you actually go through? And I get it. You know, 
four-bedroom house, three bathrooms, big living area. You don't want to go through every single spot and every single house, you know, every single room. Mm. Um, But that's the critical document at the end of the tenancy that we're going to refer to to be able to say, well, you know, the the ducted heating vents were all in good condition when you moved in, now they're all broken. Mm. Um, And quite often turns to go, well, hang on a minute, they were broken when I moved in. It's like, well, that's not on the condition report. So that's, change that. yeah, this, this, you could have changed it. Exactly. That's, yeah. that's the opportunity to go through and say, hang on a minute. No, you haven't picked this up. We are human. We do miss things. So yes. that's why it's important to go through and say, okay, no, there was a crack in that light fitting because we've gone in on one angle in the room and haven't seen it from a yeah. different angle in the room. You've looked at it and gone, no, 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 there's a crack there. Critical yeah. that we have that information because at the end of the tenancy, we're going to come back and say, well, that's a crap light fitting. You're responsible for that. Mm. Um, so make sure that you've got you've got the evidence and you pay a lot of attention to um, to the condition report. Um, mm. And throughout the tenancy as well, if something breaks um, and things do, you know, they they get old, they wear out. Um, if something breaks, make sure you let us know as quickly as possible. Don't just go, oh, don't worry about it. I'm no, not not going to fuss over it. Because, again, you get to the end of the tenancy and it's like, well, this is broken. Why didn't you tell us it was broken? Um, Because the onus is on the tenant to let us know because you live there, you're there every day. Um, We only get to go through every six months. And over the last couple of years, that even that's been difficult in itself for us to go through. Um, So it really is important. I can't stress how important it is. Yeah. It's, It's the due diligence all the way through. Yep, absolutely. And it's always the detail. The devil is always in the detail. Um, So, yeah, just go for a really good, thorough look around the house um, just before you start moving all your stuff in and you should be pretty safe from there on. Um, So that's that's probably the most important part. Yeah, definitely. Now, can you give me any advice on how, as a tenant, um, I should prepare for the hearing and what I should have accessible for the hearing? So essentially, Um, condition report? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, have have the the condition report. Um, have any photos that you you might have taken? Um, and they could be photos actually... of social things, couldn't they? Where you go, oh, I noticed that crack on the wall, or or that blind was hanging down this way, and that photo was taken in in July two thousand nineteen, kind of yeah. thing. Do you know what I mean? Like it could be mm-hmm. a social photo. Yeah, it, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't need to be just a photo of of the wall on its own it could be the wall in a background yeah Yeah. for sure yeah um the the other um the other thing is that the agent or the owner does need to provide you as the tenant with any evidence that they intend to rely on yeah um so copy of the condition report photos that they've taken um copies of invoices um of the work that's had to be done Mm -hmm. um so you should get all of that information um and then you can create your argument based on the information that that you've been given so you're clear on exactly what the agent is or the owner is looking for yeah um and just making sure that you've got, you know, you're quite clear on everything. I mean, it, it's it's a very informal court, but it is still a court. Mm. Um, so you want to have all your documents available. You want to have all your information because you, you're probably not going to get another shot. So if yeah. you're sitting there and you suddenly go, oh, my God, that's right, I've got that photo, but it's, on the it's in my brother's. It's in my brother's phone and I need to call my brother and get him to send it to me. Do you mind? Can we can we just stop the hearing for a minute while I go and get that? No. No. 
that's it's very unlikely that that's going to happen um sometimes they'll pause for a little bit um so if you've got to go away and get documentation or information from several different sources you 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 may not get that opportunity to do it so make sure you've got all the information in front of you um and you know in, in order to be able to state your case really yeah Now, we're going to have a short break and come back with more from Sophie Lyon from Jealous Craig Borundara, where we will talk about the cost involved in both time and money. You're listening to Real Estate Right, and we are talking to the ever-bubbly Sophie Lyon from Jealous Craig (laughs) Borundara. I've got my coffee. Yeah, me coffee. Um, About the VCAT process. So... Sophie, before the break, we mentioned that we're going to be talking about the time and the money. So who pays for the VCAT hearing? The the applicant pays. Um, so if we're talking about bond claims, then, yeah. um, then the owner pays. But if the owner is only claiming the bond and nothing over and above the bond, then there is actually no application fee. It's only okay. if they apply over and above the bond um, that there is an actual application fee. Um, and likewise, if the tenant wanted to make an application against the owner for, um, you know, compensation or urgent repairs or anything like that, there is a, a sliding scale for that too. But critically, um, I'm using that word a lot today, I've noticed. Um, the, <laughs> um, the, if you are in financial difficulty and you actually can't afford to pay um, the application fee for an app for a VCAT application, um, you can request that um, that that is waived on your behalf. There's a little bit of documentation you need to go through, um, but you can definitely request that you, because of financial situations, you don't have to pay that. So, what's the most you would pay for a VCAT hearing? Uh, well, it, it depends from a from an owner's perspective. It changes to whether you're a company or whether you're an individual. Okay. Um, so if you're a, a company one, I think there's a couple of hundred dollars. If you're an individual, um, it's only slightly less. But you know, um, again, if you're if you're applying for over and above the bond, off the top of my head, I think it's about it's about one hundred eighty two hundred dollars. It okay. changed recently. I and then look that up. Okay, that's okay. And that, so it's not unreasonable. It's not like it's thousands. It's, it's not tens of thousands of dollars. No, no. no. I mean, no. the intent of VCAT is always to make it accessible um, yeah. as much as possible for people in these situations. So, um, yeah, there's, there's, it's, not, it's not a massive amount of money. So that even a tenant wouldn't pay any more than a couple hundred bucks at best. Yeah. 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 Oh, good. So in terms of sitting in the you know, the cat with property manager and landlord on one side and tenant on the other side, how long will the hearing take? Do I need to take the whole day off work or is it a couple of hours? Well, since COVID really hit, they've been doing um, phone hearings. So we don't go in to the actual VCAT hearings anymore, Um, which is actually a great thing because where you used to go and sit and sit and sit and sit um, in King Street waiting for the hearing to happen, um, now they give you an approximate time that they will call you um, and you basically just sit by the phone and then they ring you um, and they do a group call. So it'll be the, um, the member, the, um, the tenant and the agent or owner. Um, and everyone just has their opportunity to have their say. There are a lot more 
streamlined, I guess, yes. um, because they've tried to pump through so many of them, obviously. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you don't need to. We haven't for quite a while had to actually go into, into King Street, um, which is great because, it, you know, it's, it's good for tenants as well because they can sort of say to their, um, to their employer or whatever it might be, um, I just need to, I need probably an hour, an hour and a half because I've got this VCAT hearing, so I'll just take a slightly longer lunch break and I might have to take my lunch break at three in the afternoon. Yeah. Um, but there's none of this, got to get yourself into King Street, yeah. hang around for hours, get yourself home. And that used to be, in a lot of cases, it would be almost a full day. A full day, yeah. yeah. So COVID's good for some things. <laughs> It is good for some things. I think, you know, we, we all had to reinvent ourselves and, yes. and VCAT were fantastic at, at doing that. I take nothing away from them, that side of things. They've yeah. been incredible the way they've been able to do it. Beautiful. Now, can a hearing go on for days or is it or sessions or not? Or is it just like yes. we've made a decision or it can? It can. Um, so there's certainly some that don't get resolved on the spot. Yeah. Um, but they're, they're usually not bond hearings it's unusual very unusual for a bond hearing to go over a number of days um the ones that will go over a number of sessions or a number of hearings will more be um like urgent repairs or um you know big compensation hearings where you know the owner might be claiming this amount and then the tenant is claiming another amount um and so those those do tend to go on for quite some time so for instance if a tenant was claiming you know, something would be things like the roof leaked, my whole wardrobe was destroyed um, mm-hmm. because of the the roof falling down into the wardrobe area and, yep. you know, I've got dust particles, I've got, you know, whatever's come out of the roof, rat, rat feces, whatever it is. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And I need my yes. whole wardrobe compensated. Mm. And then... But then the landlord might be saying, but, hey, wait a minute, I'm not paying for that because that should have been part of your contents insurance or something. Yeah, look, something something like that, um, it, that might go over a, a bit of time. But yeah. the, the ones that tend to, to sort of go back and forth a little bit is where there is, um, like, uh, urgent pairs for argument's sake, um, that there might be, um, okay, well, let's use your example, you know, the, the ceiling's fallen in and so the roof needs to get replaced. Okay. And so the um, the member will make an order saying that the roof needs to get replaced and they'll say that it needs to get replaced by a certain date. Yes. Um, and they will um, they'll organise a hearing for that date to make sure that the work has been done. Okay. So if the work hasn't been done, then they will sometimes make an additional order, which will be a much shorter time frame that the owner has to comply. Yeah. Um, or they will say, well, until this work gets done, which is by X date, so they'll ask for a commitment for the owner. And sometimes it's because we didn't have the trades available yeah. or um, the work was much, much bigger than anyone actually expected. Um, then those things can't happen in that time frame. Yeah. Um, so then we'll have a the, might be a little bit more time that's awarded to the owner, um, but then so it's it's and then at that point once the work's done, 
that's when you'd be able to have the conversation about the compensation. Yeah. Um, because then you've got a you've got a time frame. You can say, okay, so you were without your master bedroom from this date to this date. Um, and so that's where you start working through the compensation side of it. So there can sometimes be a few layers to yeah. um to these things around completely understand the tenant wants to claim compensation, the owner has to do the repairs first. So it's a chicken and egg kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, cool. Understand. Now should we make a value assessment where the cost in time, money and the waiting on or stress of it all is worth it for the amount of money we're fighting for? So we sort of did touch on this before, whereas, you know, the bonds, two grand, you're asking for 200, you've lost, you know, you can't get hold of that bond money until it's completely released and a decision Mm -hmm. has been made. Um, So, yeah, it's the value assessment. It's, you know, Get off your high horse and just accept it because the stress isn't really there. Oh, yeah. and I think that's, but that's both sides. This is not, <laughs> let's, let's make that clear. Yeah. Um, that, you know, sometimes people do get a bit fixated on certain things um, and it can be very difficult for them to, you know, not, you know, be able to see the, the forest for the trees kind of thing. Mm. Um but I, yeah, I would would definitely suggest that negotiation is a is a good tactic um, because you know that way you get to sort of not have to have the stress ongoing, not have to have the anxiety ongoing, yeah. um, and you can just all kind of cut it and move on. But in, in there are certainly cases that I've seen where it's um, it. I think as I said at the beginning, it's a good thing it's gone to VCAP because it needed someone independent. Yeah. To say, okay, I don't know you. I don't know you. You don't know me. I'm just looking at this information that's right in front of us. Yeah. Don't care about the politics. Don't care about anything other than that. Yeah. This is the decision I've got to make. This is a decision I'm making. Thanks yeah. very much. Yeah. Fair enough. Is there anything else we need to know about the VCAP process before we sign off? No, I think, I, I think we've pretty much covered it. It's one of those, it, it, it is a massive conversation. There's a whole lot of yeah. different angles that you can you can go down with um, with VCAP, but um, it is you know it's there for a purpose. It's an instrument um, to be utilised. Um, at the moment, they are certainly struggling, but you know isn't isn't everybody sort of from a um, manpower perspective? Um, so there are definitely timeframes on things that are blowing out, um, but. It, it shouldn't be it shouldn't be something that people are necessarily afraid of, um, but you know it's it, it really is it's an individual decision as to whether they decide that they want to proceed to VCAT or whether they just you know want to cut their losses and make the decision and yeah. move on from there. Move on, yeah, yeah. As I said in the uh, intro, you know this can be the very first touch of a court process for a lot of people, mm-hmm. um, and and that and that in in itself is daunting. Um, yeah, but it doesn't need to be because no, it doesn't. No, no. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sophie. I think you've definitely made it a lot clearer for those needing to go through the VCAP process to know what to expect. Now, if our listeners are investors and wanting your no nonsense approach to property management, how can they get in contact with you? Uh, they are more than welcome to um, to give me a call. My direct line in the office is nine eight one zero five zero five three. Um, or they can email me at sophielion at jealousquake.com.au. Now next week we have the delightful Kate Bakos from Kate Bakos Property to talk to us about the cost of buying. 
It's not just the cost of a house. You have to get your financial ducks in a row. Kate will go through what else we also need to consider. So don't miss it. Real Estate Right is produced by Real Copyright, one of Melbourne's leading real estate copywriting companies. And it's written, hosted and produced by me, Sue Langada, with the support of my production and social media assistant, Lisa Fisher. All information given on this podcast is a guide only and delivered to help you understand the intricacies that can happen in real estate. We recommend that you get professional advice that is designed for your own personal circumstances. We would like to thank Podbean for hosting this podcast, Premium Beat for their music, Francis Morello for his voiceover, and Zoom for the recording. If you have a real estate story that is inspiring or a great how-to tip, please contact Lisa on 5977-889 to find out how you can be a guest on Real Estate Right in 2022. If you would like to know more about our copywriting services, please email Lisa at orders at realcopyright.com.au. Thank you for listening to Real Estate Right. It's where buyers, sellers, renters and investors get their real estate right. Thank you.